Hi, this is Jeff Richards, Columbus, Ohio. You're listening to Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. Hey, if you see fit to jump into what is going to be a jam-packed show this evening via email, but you just can't remember what that email address is, I am here to help you out. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter that came out around noon today. You can sign up for that, by the way. Just hit the main website and go right to the sign up for the newsletter situation. Very easy to do. You don't even really need to give me a name, just a valid email address, and then you get the newsletter. Signing up for the newsletter will get you my very own, very secret barbecue sauce recipe that is sent to you as a thank you from me to you for signing up for the newsletter. I don't sell it. You don't get anything other than an email once a week from me on a Tuesday around noon letting you know what's happening in advance. No big deal. If there's a really good thing going on that I have to tell you about, I'll probably drop a newsletter on that. But by and large, just count on four a month. No big deal. At 9.14, it is the third Tuesday of the month. I said it ago now three weeks ago, but 2018 rapidly coming to a close and sitting in in his normal third Tuesday of the month spot is none other than Barbecue Bible author, TV show host, cooking class instructor, dare I say Barbecue Hall of Famer, Stephen Reichlin will be joining us at 9.14. Then we will move to 9.35. The Stay Cook-Off Association well underway here in the 2018 season. Some new things to talk about, some growth opportunities to talk about, a brand new partnership with somebody really big in the food, sport, world, and or industry to talk about. So we will talk with one of the co-founders, friend of the show, Brett Galloway from Stay Cook-Off Association at 935. And then we will move to the second hour. At 1014 and probably 1035, the CEO and president of MMA Creative and the CEO and president of the World Food Championships, Mike McLeod, will join us. We will be talking a number of topics. We will be talking about the new partnership that was just announced the other day. Well, not the other day, but last Thursday with 
Was that Thursday or Friday? One of those two days, I can tell you that. But brand new partnership named presenting sponsorship with Walmart. Maybe you've heard of them. World Food Championships brought them on. So we'll talk to Mike about what that partnership and sponsorship is going to entail, not only from a World Food Championship side of things, but also an upcoming final table, which is going to be had here in a few short months. That will be a carryover from last year's World Food Championships in Alabama, deciding those 10 championship winning cooks. Product potential, product potential recipe creation, all sorts of really good stuff happening around this new partnership with Walmart and World Food Championships. We'll also talk a little bit about the new qualification process, some of the state partnerships with World Food Championships, elite or regional elite competitions or qualifiers. And uh, as time permits, we will talk about what happened to the National Pro Barbecue Tour. A week ago, it was announced, or a little over a week ago, it was announced there was going to be no World Food, I'm sorry, there was going to be no National Pro Barbecue Tour in 2018. So we will go back and revisit a conversation that I had with Mike at the end of August and see literally where it fell apart, at least in his opinion, because he is not under the employ of KCBS anymore. Perhaps that is proving to be a bad idea as 2020 and Monday morning quarterbacks and all that other stuff. But what can I tell you? We'll talk with Mike McLeod in the second hour. So get ready for a jam-packed show. First, let me ask you a favor. If you get this in the podcast, please take time out to rate and review this show. Also, take time out and rate and review another barbecue podcast that I'm starting to listen to more and more. Best barbecue show, Yoni and Stover. Yoni? Yoni and Stover putting together a different kind of barbecue podcast. They obviously focus a lot on Texas because they're from Texas. But if you like to hear dudes talking about barbecue, Texas barbecue, interviewing some of the great barbecue places in the regions that they're at, you might want to check that one out. Rate and review that show as well while you have time. Why not? But rate and review this show first before you rate and review anybody else. Folks, at this very moment, if you are... Any fan of social media and barbecue social media over the last handful of days, pretty much starting last Monday when KCBS made that formal announcement on their website that they were not going to be having a National Pro Barbecue Tour event this year, things have systematically seemed to have, have, have gone wrong for whatever reason. There was then a following announcement that Sam's Club was closing 63 locations nationwide, which I will still contend that has nothing to do with the non-haven'ts of a 2018 National Pro Barbecue Tour. Then there was the KCBS year-end banquet in Kansas City, I believe, which started this past Friday. On the same day, the World Food Championships announced that it was bringing on Walmart as a presenting sponsor. And then the next day, it was quickly brought out, or I guess it was Sunday, by folks that were attending the year-end banquet for KCBS that unannounced to anybody that KCBS was cutting the Team of the Year prize purses in half and across the board, not just for, let's say, a Team of the Year like Travis Clark, but categories overall, all that completely cut. In half, 
There was an official statement that was put on the Kansas City Barbecue Society's website, as they seem to be doing here more and more frequently, just posting something up there that said, maybe we've, I'm paraphrasing, you can go find it on their website, that, hey, we've made an error or an oversight. We haven't been forthcoming with our communications. This is what we feel is had to have been done correctly at tough times. Go back and read it for yourself. But basically, teams that got hosed in the team of the year, money and purse, either have been or are now on a conference call as we speak, and a convenient time of the evening, by the way, to go over what may or may not be some type of resolution or some type of trying to make good with what happened over the weekend. Literally, teams were opening up the checks and realizing right there that their money was cut in half or that purse was cut in half. There was no lead up to this. There was no warning. They just doled it out, I'm guessing, hoping nobody noticed, I guess. I'll be interested to hear if uh, they're allowed to recount any of the phone conversation that took place or if they have to... uh, abide by some type of gag order or non-disclosure or something along those lines. I do have it on good authority. The teams were being encouraged not to do. Teams were encouraged to not do my show. Andrew, you are not the (laughs) Why encourage them not to do my show? Why would you do that? You know, Let me tell you something. I have asked for someone on the board to come on the show a number of times. In 2017, I've asked for interviews already in 2018. Typically, no answer. I have asked for statements. I've gotten generic replies back, which basically are are very vanilla in what they're saying. What are we hiding from? If things are going bad, if money is running out, if the wheels are coming off, And there's a reason for it. It's better to come out and say, hey, we have a problem here. We can fix it. It's going to take tough decisions. It's going to take time. But in the end, we feel we can right this ship. Making decisions in closed sessions behind closed doors and then not telling anyone about what that decision is, at best, is a bad look. And in terms of the team of the year thing, the Cooks find out at the end of the year banquet? I'm not making it up. Check all of social media. It's bad. Remember a few weeks back when I asked Travis Clark about wanting to see financials and he didn't think it was necessary to go that far? That tide has turned completely. Many people asking to see what's doing inside KCBS. You know what the easiest way to get somebody fired up with besides calling their mom a whore? Messing with their money. That's giving people a reason to go. Both in a physical sense, like a fight, and a reason to go. Like, we're not going to come back again. Bad look. Real bad look. All right, Stephen Reichlin coming up out of the break when we come back. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Look, they're one of my favorite pellet cookers out there on the market today. They have... Three different sizes for you to choose from. You can get all three sizes and be well on your way to 
being able to cook whatever you need in any capacity that you need. Of course, the biggest one and the middle-sized one can also house the pizza insert, which is, in my opinion, one of the best barbecue revelations that have hit the live fire market here over the last 12 and 16 months. They also will supply you with late and great technology. These cookers are coming without Wi-Fi, but also have a Wi-Fi option if you want. They have Meat Probe if you want. They have a great app to pair up with all that, so you can take advantage of the technology. All you have to do is visit the website GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And again, if you are a pizza fan, a Neapolitan-style pizza fan, the thin high-heat pizza, you got to get that pizza insert. So inexpensive for the fun that you are going to have. They'll give you pellets to fire the cookers as well. It's a, Come on. It's a one-stop pellet cooker shop. GreenMountainGrills.com. Proud supporter of this show. Proud to have them as a partner of this show. All right. As I mentioned, Stephen Reichland coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Champion Pitmasters are winning with Smithfield. You can too. Commit to cooking with Smithfield for the 2018 barbecue season. You will receive swag just for participating. There's only a few requirements to sign up, pay a small shipping fee of 25 bucks, and be an active member, one of the sport's major sanctioning bodies. Be sure to come back, track your first place finishes in pork and ribs to win great prizes through the Walking with Smithfield Incentive Program. Once a Smithfield committed cook, show your Smithfield pride using the hashtag show us your Smithfield on Facebook and Instagrams. Limited to 500 spaces, so do it soon. Again, you have to be a member of a major competition sanctioning bot all right joining me now is the third tuesday of the month guest a 2015 barbecue hall of fame inductee a tv show host a barbecue cooking class instructor a multiple time author let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome friend of the show steven reichler steven how are you buddy Doing great. How about you? Absolutely fabulous, Stephen. I always appreciate you making time for the show. Um, no Skyping tonight? Uh, I didn't see you on as available, so I decided to double back and hit the phone. Dang, okay. Well, I'm here, but at any rate, we can, uh, we can do it by phone. So I wanted to talk to you quickly, and we have a number of different topics to talk about during our time this evening and this month. I saw you were attending what is called Camp Brisket, which... As I was doing a little bit more research on it, seems to be maybe an invite thing, or maybe there's tickets you can buy, but there was quite an in-depth 
deep, long head dive, however you want to, whatever adjective you want to use to talk about brisket with really some of the industry professionals. So obviously I wanted to get your take on a, a what was your capacity there and what you thought of the event? Oh boy, this is a fantastic experience. It's put on uh, in, uh, by uh, Texas Foodways, uh, which is a, uh, a group that promotes traditional Texas food in coordination with the Meat Science Department of Texas A&M University uh, in College Station, Texas. Uh, two days and two nights of total brisket immersion. Uh, the uh, faculty includes some of the greatest brisket practitioners in the world, including uh, Aaron Franklin, uh, Wayne Mueller of Louis Mueller's. Uh, it, was, it was just a total incredible experience. And over the course of 48 hours, uh, everything was covered from the anatomy of brisket. They actually wheel out a whole half of a steer carcass on one of those overhead rails and show you where brisket comes from. Wow. Uh, Aaron Franklin demonstrated how to uh, how to trim a brisket. You know, it's a very distinctive way of uh, trimming a brisket. Um, we learned about the uh, the science of the meat, uh, the collagen, the different grades of brisket. And one thing that was really interesting were a series of blind tastings. So one blind tasting was done uh, with a YU brisket, a prime brisket, a uh, Choice Plus brisket, a Choice brisket, and a Select. And uh, the results of that were kind of surprising. The YU and Prime did not come out first in the popular vote. Hmm. Uh, another another uh, blind test that was really interesting is they used four different kinds of woods. And uh, the uh, statistical preference was virtually negligible in the four types of woods. There was pecan, oak, uh, Let's see, uh, what else did they use? Oak, pecan, I think the apple was one of the woods. At any rate, I mean, it was, they were virtually indistinguishable. So, um, you know, so it was a really uh, terrific experience. Now, you may be wondering, you're, if, you're, if you're listening here, gee, how do I get to go to Camp Brisket? Uh, I actually went as a journalist, uh, but I did pay my way. Uh, what you do is you have to become a member of Texas Foodways. Uh, it's a great organization. I think it's 70 or 80 bucks a year. It's a pretty reasonable fee. And then uh, once a year they hold a lottery, and they pick 50 uh, winners out of the lottery, and they get to come to Camp Brisket. All right. Lot well of, worth doing. A lot of follow-up questions here uh, over what you kind of recapped for us at this Camp Brisket. Yep. When you were talking about the Wagyu and the, the higher-end briskets not leading the pack when it comes to taste preference. Can you then correlate that, well, we, and we have talked about this subject many times, when it comes to steak, save your pennies, buy the best that you can afford, you will reap the reward. Uh, that seems to correlate not being true when it comes to the brisket then. Well, I would say with brisket, um, the grade matters less than steak. I mean, to me, there's a very noticeable difference between a prime steak and a, a choice steak or a select steak. Uh, so with steak, I would spend more, uh, and a Wagyu steak is certainly just off the charts different. Um, with regards to brisket, um, you know, the, it, it was less pronounced now. You know, probably one ought to do a double blind or triple blind tasting uh, and make sure the uh, the results uh, match up. Uh, but 
and, and also interesting, so Aaron Franklin uses prime brisket. Many of the uh, restaurants on hand uh, use uh, choice. Uh, one of the um, one of the masters, absolute masters, uh, who was there, 82-year-old uh, Tootsie, the mm. pit master of uh, Snow's Barbecue, uh, Snow's Barbecue yep. you know, which was ranked number one in the, the uh, Texas Monthly uh, Barbecue Roundup this year, uh, they use um, select brisket. So, um, you know, I think uh, time, smoke, and especially the pitmaster skill play a much larger role than the uh, particular grade of brisket. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show, uh, recapping a little bit of Camp Brisket. Stephen, you are a teacher of this industry that we love so much. You are obviously a student of this industry that we love so much. So from a journalistic standpoint, what was your overall take of that camp? Well, uh, you know, my take was... um, uh, my, my take was kind of having the science confirmed, also the, just the tremendous sense of community. I think one of the most fascinating uh, uh, seminars uh, was just six of the top pitmasters uh, uh, from Texas sitting on stage talking about how they got started, uh, what keeps them going, what the challenges of the business are, what the satisfactions are. Um, you know, another thing that really struck me, because I also did some meeting around in Austin uh, before uh, Camp Brisket, is that in Texas, uh, the American dream when it comes to cooking is still alive and well. And that is anybody with uh, a few thousand bucks who can scrape together a trailer, uh, who can scrape together a pit or build their own pit because most Texans seems to build seem to build their own pits now. Uh, you find a parking lot, you park there. If your product is good, uh, business will come. You earn enough money to open a bricks and mortar store. And I heard this time and time and time again. I saw it time and time again. Uh, you know, it's, it's 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 not like the restaurant business in a big city like New York or Miami. You know, where you need millions of dollars to get uh, to get open. So I think that was probably my biggest uh, takeaway. Uh, you know, if you build it and you do it right, they will come. Stephen, you're known for disseminating an incredible amount of information to help others learn. What was your biggest learning moment during that class? Or what did you learn that maybe you didn't know about brisket? You know, I think the piece that was the most fascinating to me was uh, the anatomy. And now, you know, of course I knew that uh, brisket is uh, that it's two sets of muscles uh, connected by a seam of fat that come from the chest of the steer, but uh, actually seeing a uh, cow skeleton and seeing, uh, seeing this hanging half a steer really makes you appreciate where the meat comes from, uh, why it's so tough intrinsically, because not only is it used for locomotion, but it's actually holding the forequarter of the steer up, and cows don't have shoulder blades to, you know, to, to, to support some of that weight. Um, the long, slow cooking uh, really struck me. Um, another thing that was kind of fascinating was a side note, but uh, they had a guy who uh, did chuck wagon cooking and did all his cooking in a um, in um, Dutch ovens, and uh, and that was pretty fun. So, uh, well worth the experience. Are you somebody that likes to partake in the Dutch oven cooking? You do that quite a bit. 
Um, uh, I, I don't do a lot, but I do something kind of analogous where I do a lot of aluminum foil pan roasting on a grill where I'll place vegetables, especially in a foil pan or metal pan, uh, on a charcoal burning grill. And then I'll add uh, wood chips or chunks to the fire, so I'll get smoke. I'll get the sort of roasting that comes with indirect grilling, and I'll get the sauteing that comes with a cast iron, with cast iron. And I think that's a really nice combination. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show. His website, of course, barbecuebible.com, if you want to check that out. Stephen, let's revisit 2017, if you don't mind, uh, briefly, and Not talk well. about your most popular 2017 recipes. Yeah, well, this is interesting. So, uh, number one was bacon, uh, homemade bacon, made from scratch bacon. Number two was uh, my pork loin. I call it the vitamin three, B three pork loin, and the three vitamins there are brown sugar, bourbon, and bacon. Bacon wrapped. Uh, it's butterflied open. It's stuffed with brown sugar, bourbon, and mustard, and tied back up together. Number three was cold smoked salmon. I thought that was interesting. Obviously, smoke, a big theme here. Number four was uh, caveman T-bone. Uh, no surprise there. I mean, it's just fasc- a fascinating, wonderful, amazing way to cook a steak. And number five was bacon again. So uh, bacon was definitely uh, what people wanted to, to cook last year. Are you still surprised that bacon is dominating the way it is. I think we can all agree it's certainly delicious and that we eat it whenever we see it, but there just still seems to be such a fascination with trying to put bacon in, on, and around everything. Well, you know, I think what's happened, uh, uh, Greg, is that um, people have gone from sort of maybe in 2015, 2016, people were putting wrapping everything in bacon, putting bacon in everything. And in 2017, we went one step further. We wanted to learn how to make our own bacon, cure our own bacon from scratch. So that was my takeaway from last year. Are you a fan of these pork belly burnt ends that is popping up and that really seemed to take hold here over the last six, seven, eight months? I am a fan of pork belly anything. Aha. Just a big fan in general. Very nice. Um, I like pork belly, yeah, I do. That was your top five 2017 recipes. Uh, Bacon made it in twice. Let's focus now, since we're right in the beginning of the new year, uh, your first time in in 2018, and this is what we love to do leading into the new year, is give predictions or trends that you might have seen picking up towards the end of last year that you think are going to continue and perhaps gain steam this year. What are you predicting in a 2018 live fire cooking sense? Well, I had eight. The first one was what I call Fusion Q, uh, which is people that are used to using tra- starting with traditional American barbecue techniques, brisket and such, and then bringing in Asian or North African uh, or South American flavors. And I'm seeing this a lot. I even saw it in Austin uh, at a, uh, a restaurant called Kimuri, which is a Japanese, um, uh, kind of a Japanese gastropub, but they have a pit and they start with smoked brisket and then add it to ra- brisket and then add it to ramen. Uh, another trend I'm seeing a lot, uh, a lot of a great trend. I call it philanthro philanthro Q, that is combining barbecue with philanthropy. And you know the folks that do Operation Barbecue Rescue, uh, who always show up right after a terrible hurricane or uh, or a forest fire. 
there to cook for communities. Because if you think about it, I mean, you know, barbecue guys, uh, we're the ones that are used to uh, cooking out and uh, outdoors, uh, not necessarily even having running water or power, you know, at barbecue festivals. So, uh, so that's a great trend. Jose Andreas, of course, the great uh, Spanish chef who went and almost single-handedly fed Puerto Rico and just did a hundred times better than FEMA did feeding people. Third trend I noticed was what I call veal is back. And for those of your uh, listeners who are young enough to remember, you know, there was a period when I was young, veal was like super luxurious and delicious. Everybody loved it. And then it became a pariah food when it was disclosed the terrible conditions under which young calves were raised virtually in cages indoors unable to move, un- no exposure to the outdoors. So people really stopped eating veal cold. Well, veal is back now because there's a new generation of farmers, ranchers, and processors like Strauss Meats that are raising veal humanely. And the words you want to look for when you're buying veal are like group-raised or outdoor-raised or pastured. You know, that way you know you're getting a healthy animal. Uh, one surprising trend uh, was thin steaks and chops. And I started noticing this at a restaurant called El Che Bar in uh, uh, Chicago that served very thin pork chops. Now, usually on restaurant menus, you know, people boast how thick it is. But a thin steak has a lot of value. I mean, first of all, it cooks quickly. Uh, If you're marinating it, there's more uh, high ratio of marinade to meat or spice rub to meat, so you get a lot more flavor. Uh, It's more intrinsically tender. I mean, classic way to tenderize a tough steak is cut it thin. Uh, so I thought that was sort of an interesting trend, and I'm going to be watching that a lot. Um, uh, fifth trend, I call it the plancha gets smoking. So the plancha, that slab of uh, of uh, cast iron or steel that we put on our grills and we use it for cooking small foods like shrimp or searing fragile foods like foie gras or fish fillets. Uh, I've been doing that a lot on my grill, but I think what's new is doing it on a charcoal grill and adding wood chips or chunks to the fire so that you both smoke and plancha sear the food. Mm. That was pretty pretty cool. Trend number six, the rise of the pork shoulder steak. Well, if you come from uh, St. Louis or from Monroe County, Kentucky, you know how glorious a pork shoulder can be when it's cut into thin slakes and steaks and grilled. Super tender, uh, also extremely well marbled. It's fabulous. But I think you're going to start to see the rest of the country find pork steaks in their uh, meat, uh, meat sections or ask for them from the butchers. You should. It's a great steak. Uh, number seven was a uh, vegetable, actually, the Hasselback potato, named for a famous restaurant and hotel in Copenhagen, Denmark. And I call it potato chips on the bone. What you do is you start with a whole potato. You make a series of thin vertical slices so that the uh, potato kind of fans out like a, uh, um, a hedgehog or an armadillo looking, and you slather butter and cheese between those slices. Then indirect grill or smoke rope to roast the potato, and the slices open up, they get crisp. It's really just a stunning way to make a potato. There's even a Hasselback potato cutter. You can read about that on my website, barbecuebible.com. My last, uh, my last trend also involved a uh, special piece of equipment, the salt slab. Now, in 2017, we did a lot of, lot of salt slab grilling, you know, fish on salt slab, uh, vegetables on salt slab. Well, this year, I'm seeing a lot of salt slab desserts. And uh, 
two of them come to mind. On my Italian TV show, I did an amaretti cookie and butter stuffed pear that was smoke-roasted on a salt slab. And that little bit of salt just sort of brings out the fruity sweetness. And in my forthcoming Project Fire book, and actually I'm just finishing up reading the galleys now, it's about to go to press, so that's always a happy day in a writer's life. Uh, but you'll find in that book a salt slab chocolate brownie s'more, kind of a combination between a brownie and a s'more, lots of smoke and fire flavors. Again, that salt really seems to bring out the sweetness. Where do you get salt slabs at? Is that something you can just go on Amazon or do a Google search, or is there a better place you should be buying? Well, you should be buying it through barbecuebible.com, of course, and then click on our store. Uh, And that will actually take you to our store on Amazon. Uh, But uh, they're widely available, cookware shops, Amazon, barbecuebible.com. You can find them often and everywhere. Uh, You know, I was a little skeptical about the (coughs) the salt slab when I first saw it. thought it was a gimmick. But, in fact, it's really useful. And you know that polo al matoni, the chicken under the brick that the Italians love so much yes. where you cook a spatchcock? All right, well, take it up a notch, give it a graduate education, cook it under a salt slab or a salt brick instead of under, uh, under a piece of metal. Is there a mean lifespan of a salt slab? Yeah, you'll get several months out of it. The trick is, once it's to, first, of, first of all, the first trick is heat it gradually. Don't, you know, you kind of, I put it on when I turn on the grill and let it heat gradually so it won't crack. Uh, second technique is you scrape it clean when you're done uh, using it with a putty uh, knife. And once it's cool, and this is very important, put it in a sealed Ziploc bag because the enemy of a salt slab is humidity, especially if you live down in a place with a lot of humidity like I do in Miami. Um, you're going to want to, uh, it, it, it will have a tendency to dissolve just in the humid air. So I always keep my salt slab in a plastic bag. Chock full of information, as always. It's Stephen Reichlin, BarbecueBible.com, his website. Link through there to get these salt slabs, as we were just talking about. And, uh, Stephen, always appreciate the time, and we'll see you again next month. Hey, uh, always a pleasure. Thanks, Emil. Take care. You got it. There he is, Stephen Reichlin. On this show, that's right. Salt slab cooking! I think so. Sounds like a great idea. All right, let me get some of these real quick, because, you know, these are coming in. Go to the Facebooks. According to Eric Christensen, they, I would assume, is uh, KCBS, supposedly paying the teams the rest of the money now. All right. See about that. Dirk Mullen saying all members should have been on that conference call, not just Team of the Year people. I agree with that. Sean McCulligan. Wow, makes me question joining recently last month. I know. It's not like we haven't been talking about this before. Michael Savino, no podcasting tonight, watching live. Greetings, Michael. And a baba buoy to y'all. about it? Hey, look at this guy. Here's Andre Sarkeesian. Andre Levittown, New York says, Hola to the Barbecue Central Show. Love your show. Thank you. Thank you for coming in, Andre. Appreciate you. All right, let me talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker. That's right, folks. You know they got two different sizes now, right? The flagship product. They also have the pit barrel junior. 
both of them will give you great results because it's all thanks to versatility, right? The revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. The hook and hang method places food in the center of the heat. So it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. Great tasting results each and every time. Meat cooked perfectly. It's consistency. Thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrel, either of them, can withstand any type of weather condition. Also extremely portable. Both of them fit in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs. They're ready to go wherever you are. Of course, we all love accessories. You can get removable ash pans, pit grips, turkey hangers, cut-to-size charcoal chimneys, coffee mugs, beer koozies. You name it, they got it. These new spears, which are absolutely great, or skewers, I guess you should say. Not the same as the hooks. Skewers. Two different sizes. Hey, don't take my word for it. AmazingRibs.com has been giving them gold division top star ratings for years and years in a row. Head on over to PitBarrelCooker.com and see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos. Then pick up a regular and a junior. You'll thank me later. Again, any questions, give them a call. 502-228-1222. Yes, they actually talk to you. Very good chance that Noah or Amber will actually answer the phone call themselves. PitBarrelCooker.com. That's PitBarrelCooker.com. We're back with the Steak Cook-Off Association's co-founder, Brett Galloway, right after this. Stick around. Ready to get on the air. Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by CookingPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. To fire all of your pellet-driven cookers, you visit CookingPellets.com for more information or to purchase. Also, while you're there, download your app. I was just having a conversation with official show engineer, Haniel Trisna. Shout out to Haniel. He said, hey, how do I know when I get these great shipping deals? And if I understand it correctly, you download the app and it will let you know when Amazon has them on a really good shipping deal so you can link over there and buy them up or just purchase from cookingpellets.com directly. Either way, CB getting ready to come back on, announce some really great stuff. So looking forward to his visits as always. All right, the State Cook-Off Association pushes into a new season here in 2018. Here to talk about some of the new items that involve the SCA is a friend of this show and co-founder of the SCA, or State Cook-Off Association, Brett Galloway, joining me here. Brett, how are you, buddy? Good evening. What's happening? Lots of things happening. No it's doubt. a great day. No doubt. <laughs> uh, we'll get to the really explosive news that I saw here literally hours ago here in just a second, Brett, but... The State Cook-Off okay. Association, if you can believe it or not, and probably nobody can believe it more than you since you're headlong into it each and every day, but SCA, fifth year in existence. Did you think you would see the growth and popularity? And when you started five years ago to where we are today, did you think you would be at this place? You know, I loved going to State Cook-Off, so that's kind of where I got started. Then I moved in the barbecue world, but I was hopeful to have more of these, but we had no idea. We'd have 165, 170 events in 14 countries. It's unbelievable. So I'm just glad other people are getting to enjoy what I got to enjoy. If somebody's just tuning in right now and it happens each and every week, or uh, maybe they're floating through the podcast and just found the archives, 
and you want to give a, a 30 second elevator pitch to SCA or somebody's asking about it, what do you tell them? What do you use to hook them in to consider trying it out? Everybody's the king of their backyard. Everybody cooks a steak that they think is worth a thousand dollars. So they can come out for $150 on average. We'll give you the steaks to level the playing field. You can cook two steaks, turn in one steak for judging. Um, it gets judged by blind judging, and we call awards. It's all done in a one-day process. You start at 10 o'clock, you shake your lucky horseshoe, and by 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock, we're doing awards, and you're heading home. So it's uh, less prep, less time away from the family. And, uh, you know, somebody goes home with $1,000, gets an invitation to the SA World Championship with a chance to win 15000 Pretty good. You forever call world champion. Pretty good uh, roll of the dice at 150 bucks to get in there. You get the stakes, as you said, and you know there's not a lot of other accoutrements that you need. You've told us here on this show that I think it was last year somebody showed up literally with a grill grade, a charcoal chimney, and some charcoal, cooked a steak on top of that thing, finished top ten. That's happened a couple times, actually. If you can cook, you can cook on anything. Brett Galloway talking to me here on the Barbecue Central Show from Steak Cookoff Association. SteakCookoffs.com is the website if you want to check it out. Brett, do you still find that this is, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, that the SEA is still kind of a Wild West kind of deal in regards to cookers and fuels and doing what you want to do and not paying a price for getting outside of the box? Or do you see some kind of correlation line with the sport morphing into high-end equipment or high-end this or that, kind of like you see in the world of competition barbecue these days? Well, in my opinion, there's only so high-end you could possibly go on a grill. I mean, most guys out there are competing on a $99 Weber grill. Um, you've got guys cooking on PK grills for $3.99. You've got some big green eggs out there maybe, but when you got guys that can cook on a fire chimney, guys are trying to sous vide steaks, I mean, it's any fire heat source, so if you got it, bring it. We've got guys that will bring a gas grill out. They may may not win. They may get a call, but they come back and in two weeks with a charcoal grill because everyone else is cooking on one. So it's it's very wide open, totally wide open. So you could bring a, a, an immersion circulator and get your steak up to 120 degrees or whatever you want it to and then take it out, season it, and put it on the grill to finish? No problems. You, you can, yeah. We haven't had anybody win doing that yet, but, uh, you know, who knows? It's coming, probably. Do you think, this is not a loaded question, by the way, but what's drawing my attention to it is you see that uh, proliferation of the Wagyu brisket, and I think there's a mindset that you need to have that in order to give yourself a best chance of winning. And then, of course, I run down the rabbit hole and say, well, perhaps unknowingly, judges are becoming accustomed to eating that Wagyu brisket, and that's becoming mm-hmm. a, a level or a standard of where it needs to be in order to score well. So let me back that up and, and go to you. Do you think mm-hmm. that because the winning cooks are doing charcoal or the majority of cooks are doing charcoal, that there is some type of a unknown, I don't know if bias is the right thing to say, but they mm-hmm. become accustomed to having that flavor profile in their mouth and something different isn't necessarily good for that fact and could cost somebody. Well, there's stuff. we've had guys win on a gas grill, which uses absolutely no charcoal. We've had guys win on a cast iron skillet, which will use no charcoal or wood. 
I mean, there's guys that use mesquite, guys will throw hickory in there. So they're getting a ton of different flavors. Um, far as I can tell, there's not that set profile yet. And we've had enough judges. I mean, we keep adding new judges as we go into new markets. We do classes. And, I mean, really, the judges, we've got quite a few judges. So it's not like it's the same people judging all the time either. So I don't believe that profile exists. Not yet. <laughs> From a growth standpoint, how are we looking 2018 just here uh, domestically in U.S. markets? Uh, U.S. market, I think it's going to be about 125 to 130 events, maybe 140, maybe, um, with another 30 international. Just from a year ago, how much of an increase would you see from one calendar year to the next? Uh, last year, we had a total of 115 events and this year should be say 165 and we're still not there we've got i've got a bunch of events that are you know just waiting to finalize paperwork and we always add events as the year goes through so it's it's nice it's fun but you know with it comes challenges to uh you know make sure we maintain the standards and still make sure everyone has fun doing it how are you able to to handle those logistics to make sure that you are getting enough judges qualified, that you're making sure that the judging is taking place properly so that when you show up in a new city or there's a new contest going down, that that judging is consistent as it is someplace that might have had SCA events in the last five years? Well, I mean, I guess Green Greencastle, Pennsylvania is a good example. We did a class up there. Earlier in the year, or last year, we did two classes there. Um, they're going to have their first at the Ironman barbecue there. Um, and then we're going to do another class while we're there. So we like to go in, do a class or two to help build the judges in the area, then do a first event, and then kind of continue for the future. I mean, there's one there. There's one Rawway, New Jersey. And then we've got one in Cats, is it Catskill, New York? So we've got kind of three in the Mid-Atlantic area at the moment. but. That's kind of the beginning of that new market. Brett Galloway joining me here on the show. Uh, Brett, I would I would never ask this question if I hadn't seen what's transpired over the last week in a, in the biggest <laughs> barbecue competition sanctioning body. From a financial fitness situation, how is SCA and uh, do you have any concerns moving forward from a financial standpoint that you wouldn't be able to, to support what you need to support to make these events come off? Well, I got to tell you, it's better than when I started. Ken, and I, Ken Phillips and I left uh, the recruiting industry and had very nice jobs. And, we, you know, we uh, started this thing on a shoestring and, you know, with a lot of help from above and a lot of great people, we've been able to make it to this point. And we're finally turned the corner this year. And um, things are only pointing up. We've got some new sponsors. We've got some new opportunities. We just filmed a TV pilot. And, you know, things are looking up. And, you know, thankfully, we're, we've been able to get to year five, and if we're blessed enough to get to year six, we're going to uh, paint that lucky horseshoe again. <laughs> Brett, big announcement today that I saw mm -hmm. from World Food Championships. Uh, basically, in some form and fashion, uh, the State Cook-Off Association and the World Food Championships are partnering together, and if I understand it correctly, the SEA will be the sanctioning body for that state cook-off portion of the World Food Championships. Yeah, that's correct. That is a, a big announcement we've been working on for a while here. And 
we actually attended it this year and uh, met Mike there and or well we talked with Mike there and then we've been talking ever since and you know it kind of made sense we're going to run two steak cook-offs there we're going to have uh, I believe 60 in each event we'll take we're going to pay the top 10 in each event it'll be ran SCA style so teams will be competing in our system um, the state guys will and a lot of the guys that were in it last year were, st- were guys that came from SCA uh, five out of the top 10 were SCA guys but we're going to take two groups of 60. We're going to take the top 10 in each of those. The, the top 10 will get paid. The top five out of each group, out of uh, day one, day two, top five from each day, will make up the top 10 that will compete in in the Eat Methodology Judge System, which is going to be really cool. brings out the creativity. So those guys will compete. Somebody's going to win 10000 there, and then they get they move ahead to the chance to win 100000 so it's giving the teams three opportunities to win money and three three different, totally different cooking opportunities. Those first two days, awesome. I'm sorry, Brett, the, the first two days are two different flights. So you're either going to be in day one or day two, and you need to finish in that top 10 of day one or two in order to compete in that final round? Well, you'll need to finish in the top five. Or top five, correct. I'm sorry. Or day two. Right. Yeah. And that generates right. the top 10, and then you go into the eat methodology portion, which would give you that overall yeah. stake champion. Yes, sir. That's correct. Does so it? I, he announced that this morning, and my phone didn't stop till about <laughs> 2 o'clock, and promoters calling me, and cookers calling me, and there's a lot of uh, cookers from other organizations saying, how can I get involved, and when mm-hmm. does this start? And it was just an exciting day for us. Does it? Does it? Help. I mean, obviously, from a promotion standpoint, it helps, but does it lend any type of extra credibility or showing people that the SEA is firm, it is solid, people believe in it, our cooks and our participants really believe it in, and getting into the World Food Championships to this degree is really kind of another hurdle of you showing everybody that this thing is for real and people are getting behind it. I think it's kind of a combo. Yeah, it, it does give us a little legitimacy. Um, there's another organization that announced this last week that they're going to try to do some Friday night steak cook-offs, which, hey, I'm all behind. The more steak cookers out there, the better. You know, let them try let them cook. Let And then at the end of the reward, at the end of our events, they're going to get an invitation to the SA World Championship. They win 15000 in a ring. And they get an invitation to the World Food Championship. So it really kind of fell in line for us. And, you know, we hope to offer great reward to these teams. Brett, where's the next state cook-off event happening? Uh, the next one is in Plano, Texas this weekend. And they feature a cowboy ribeye contest. So we've, we've got ribeye steak, which is our standard. And then one of the ancillary category is cowboy ribeye. So it's at a Sam's Club. It's our first one with the new remodel of the Sam's Clubs. Um, looks like we're going to pick up eight of those and have a little mini tour. And they're featuring their new beef. So they gave us one, or their, uh, you know, their tomahawk steaks to provide to our teams. Very excited about that. Is there a potential of, uh, I hate to say a Sam's Club steak series, but is there a potential of putting together some type of a series like we've seen in the KCBS on the barbecue side over the last uh, seven years or so? Um, I'm not sure about that. I think this is more just um, the, 
you know, with the remodels or their new stores, they're going to the high-end steak steak counters. They've got a nice sushi bar. They've got, mm. you know, high-end pork in there. And so I think it's more to highlight the beef of these, but I wouldn't turn it down, I'll tell you. Brett Galloway is from the Steak Cook-Off Association. They are growing yet again. They're going to be doing the sanctioning at the World Food Championships this year and uh, basically providing uh, who will be the ultimate steak champ to go on and try and have their hand at the final table and be the overall World Food Championship of steak next year as well. So, uh, Brett, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing it. Hey, thanks for having me on, and uh, have a great night, buddy. Thanks. There he is, Brett Galloway, steak cook-off. Look at his picture right here. His spatula is on fire. Great gif or jif. Nerds, what's the proper enunciation of G-I-F? I know John Dawson's listening. John, is it gif or jif? Like the peanut butter. Am I saying that right? Remps, I thought you should know that someone named Beck Rempy has apparently hijacked your show. She's apparently live right now. I know. That's me, right? All right, let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack. Then we'll come back with a wrap of the first hour. They manufacture smoker ovens for barbecue lovers like me or you with any amount of experience. Whether you barbecue in the backyard or the competition circuit or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has a unit that will do the job and with a full line of barbecue sauces, Spices, pellets, and wood chunks. It's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoking, grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, or Google+. Get advice and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Morin. The FEC 100 and PG 1000 are always customer favorites. PG 1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Then you have the electric smokers. Did you know that Cook Shack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry? Of course you did. High quality means high durability and versatility. Basically, anything you can make in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack electric smoker. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-463-0698. That's 800-423-0698 or visit the website cookshack.com. All right, we are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
big-name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by me, free of charge. You're welcome. Let's review here. Going to Facebook questions. Cheryl Kramer Hill, by the way, former overall World Food Championship champion. Hi, Cheryl. Oh, this is Lauren. Why not two cooks and top 10 combined score go to top 10 round? I you know Mike McLeod's the one to answer that, right? Doug Shiding, 10K cash or 10K prize purse like other categories? Doug, I would uh, hazard a guess to say that's going to be a prize purse. Of course, you can always count on me to make sure to ask the right questions. I will ask Mike McLeod about prize purses versus cash and all that stuff when we go into the second hour. Email from John Dawson. KCBS Optics is the headline here at Rems. There is clearly some Russian collusion happening at the KCBS. <laughs> They'd better hire a stellar disaster response PR team ASAP. Or perhaps he means ASAFP. Well, I think that's the problem, right? There is no stellar PR team to handle this. That has been proven time and time again. Oh, now he's giving me enunciations on uh, what I was just asking. It's a GIF. That's what it is. As with anything, it's tomato versus tomato. It's tomato, by the way. But I can say GIF, too. I just like saying GIF. Like, it's just one letter T short of gift. Which is what I try to provide to you each and every Tuesday. Thank you. Thank you. All right. uh, Thanks again to Brett Galloway from State Cook-Off Association for joining me last segment. Again, if you want to find out about the latest or upcoming event, which is Plano, Texas, this coming weekend, maybe you want to jump into that. I don't know. Head over to steakcookoffs.com. That's steakcookoffs.com. You can also head over to worldfoodchampionships.com and read all about the brand new Steak Cookoff Association sanctioning at World Food Championships. Two rounds, top five, going to a final 10, and that will give you your one steak champ that heads to the land of the final 10, which is what Lauren Hill won a couple years ago. Smoking Hills. Still a world champ in my eyes. All right, uh, we will relax here for just a minute or so, catch our breath, refill our drinks, and then look for the second hour as we will be joined by Mike McLeod around 1014 to talk a whole bunch of World Food Championship stuff. I will answer your questions on Facebook as well through Commenda. That's right. That's what you see every once in a while. When I throw up your name in that comment, Shout out to my screeners, 
John Solberg, Doug Scheiding, and Steve Ray in various forms and fashions. I know they like take shifts and stuff, but no, at this point in the show's life, you have to now make your Facebook good enough to get through a screener. That's right. Kind of like calling into a radio show. You got to get past the screener. You got to have more than four words and you got to have a legitimate question in order to get through the screener. All right. We'll come back right after this. Stick around. to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show Boing. we cook because we have to and we grill because we want to hit me fine how you want <laughs> you have a great show i'm a big fan Boing. so what 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 seems to be the problem here this man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate two feet wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> and just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard, folks. Maybe you're just tuning in here to the show on your Tuesday evening, quickly realizing there's a first hour to the show. Oh, no. Never fear. Go ahead and subscribe to the show via podcast at my website, thebbqcentralshow.com slash subscribe. You can get this show on iTunes and Google Music and Podcatcher and Juice Forge and Platform Willie. All the different podcast catchers will get this show. You can tune in live right now on TuneIn Radio. You can have Alexa play. You can, If you have one of those uh, dots like I do, you can say, Hey, Alexa, play Barbecue Central Radio, and it will pull up uh, the Barbecue Central Radio show, believe it or not. So it's, it's fun and exciting. It's, it's that easy to get to the show if you have an Alexa just just tell her that she'll say now playing barbecue central radio networks live or whatever she says and then it'll be up there so yeah all right let me ask you for a quick favor rate and review the show number 1 uh secondly and i have to get to my facebook page uh let me see here. Do I have? Oh, here we go. Websites, bbqcentralshow.com. That's not what I want. I want to put in my Facebook page. Hold on. Facebook.com slash bbqcentralshow. So something uh, weird has happened in the land of Facebook. And uh, basically, uh, I got to log in. Oh, it's so annoying. Hold on. Yes. And, uh, where did everybody go? Wow. 
Oh, okay. Hold on. Got to enter a new password. Here we go. All right. Now, hopefully you couldn't see that. If you like my show page, you know, I don't know if you noticed recently or not, but Facebook has decided to punish brands and businesses and people that spend real money with them like I do, boosting posts each and every week so everybody can see it as much as possible. But they are going to give you more friend posts and more people posts and people that you love and all of this stuff, okay? And I can't I can't effectively boost anymore, so I needed to find some kind of a workaround to make sure that the post show view, well, the, the current show or the live show views are there and that my post show views are there. So if you like my show page, which is easy to do, facebook.com slash BBQ Central Show, then like it, then scroll down, okay, and then right here under the the show, whatchamacallit, uh, picture, there's this thing that says following, hover over that. And then right in the middle, it says, in your news feed. Uh, click it so it says, see first. And then that way, whenever I post something new or my show is up live, and you get on Facebook because you forgot the show was airing live between 9 and 11 on a Tuesday. When you have it set to see first, it will automatically generate to the top of your news feed. And that way... We don't get lost in the shovel. So once again, you go to the Facebooks.com slash BBQ Central Show. Scroll down to the box that says following. And then click in the in your news feed section. See first. This is for the pages that you like. Also like the page. And then uh, that will be great. Also, if you uh, didn't understand how to subscribe to my show and the podcast, go to the bbqcentralshow.com, click subscribe like you see here on the video, and then you have the ability to subscribe through Apple and Android. You can even subscribe through email if you want or via RSS and all that other good stuff. So I would consider it a personal favor if you would do that for me. All right, uh, the tallies are in for the new elected KCBS Board of Directors, and they are Jay Amsbaugh, newly elected for one two-year term, Eric Burkhart, newly elected for one-year term. Hey, remember this guy, Jason Cole from Smokin' Coles, on the show and elected. How about that? Of course, I've I've already reminded him that, uh, hey, 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 Don't run away now. We got elected. Don't run away when I come a-calling. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes it, okay? Mike Richter re-elected. Alan Sellers newly elected. See who's texting me here. All right. Uh, And uh, Alan Sellers newly elected. Michael... Calney or Colney, sorry, Michael, if I'm not saying that right, also newly elected. So one, two, three, four, five, brand new, and uh, Mike Richter re-elected. Here's a Facebook question right here. Mike Rosenthal, did we talk about why KCBS is a mess yet? 
Um, I mean, did we talk about it? I think it's safe to say we probably mentioned it in the show open. Uh, you know, what's what's one, what, what can we say, right? I, I think if you are a fan of the show, if you listen to the show, if you listen to the questions I'm asking, if you listen to the things that I'm tracking, this isn't, while it certainly is a surprise to some degree, it shouldn't be that big of a surprise. To have it appear to collapse as wildly as it has here over the last 48 to 72 hours is certainly troubling. To have people calling for review of financials and the assertion of real leadership and uh, perhaps, if I'm surmising correctly, doing away with having 12 people on a board and installing a main decision maker and look i think you're i think that's a great idea i think that would be getting far away from how it has been and the more crazy the departure is i think the more static you're going to get and certainly it makes sense to have a captain of a ship and then have three or four people to to be there to kind of to guide and safeguard a little bit but there should be uh, the ability to, to make decision, of course. There should be the ability for any active member to see the financial fitness of the organization that they belong to. There shouldn't be any hiding. There shouldn't be main decisions being made in closed-door sessions and then not being revealed after the fact, especially when people are finding out at the main events. That's bad. I've always tried to adhere to the whole, hey, if it's bad, it's bad, but I'm going to tell you about it. We're going to figure out a way to fix it or make it right and move ahead. But transparency is transparency. A lot of people talk about transparency, and it's just not there. It's great to talk about. It's great to say you're going to do it, but if you don't do it, eventually you get found out. And now we're yet now we're here to wonder what is going on. What is the financial fitness of KCBS? How much money are they bringing in? Where is the money going? Why was it voted on in the middle of the year to reduce team of the year payouts and nobody was notified until they were opening up their checks and seeing what the prize purse payouts were? Now there's conference calls tonight. Sam's Club is lost for the year. It does seem to be steamrolling, of course. And I have made every opportunity and every effort to have somebody on, and not, a, and not in a malicious way. I'm offering forum, because there are a lot of competition people that listen to this show, to come on and state why you think doing this or doing that is a good way to go. It is never... Perhaps the last few years more than ever have been not only turned, uh, not only not replied to with no thanks or we're not going to do that or whatever, but hearing through back channels that I am somehow doing a disservice to competition barbecue by asking questions is patently ridiculous, if that's the case. Asking questions and wanting to know why is not a crime. 
telling people to steer away from my show or that I'm somehow bad for... Let me tell you something. I'm doing more for KCBS Team of the Year cooks or KCBS cooks in general than KCBS is doing for their own cooks, by the way. I have them on. I let them tell their story. I promote them. I give them a forum to promote themselves, to congratulate them. I'm doing more for your cooks, okay? I do more for your cooks. So don't tell me I'm the bad guy. Don't tell anybody else that I'm doing a disservice or that I'm not good for competition barbecue. I'm the best thing for competition barbecue. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. Are you looking to turn up the heat on your barbecue skills this winter, this spring, this summer? Come on. If so, you're going to need to get your hands on the most advanced ceramic cooker and high-tech barbecue accessory to hit the market. We're talking about the all-new Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition and CyberQ Cloud. Just launched by the Barbecue Guru in the middle of last year, world's first temperature-controlled ceramic cooker and grill with a built-in power draft fan. It's going to give you the easiest and most successful barbecue experience. These must-have new item products are going to make barbecuing easier than ever before and will be your new secret weapon for cooking delicious barbecue each and every time. Ready to buy? Yeah, of course you are. You head on over to bbqguru.com and grab them up. If you have any questions about what to order, give them a shout. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Or again, visit the website bbqguru.com. I say it each and every week. If you have a barbecue guru temperature controller, You don't need a fan if you get the monolith. Just hook the controller up to the fan. You're off and running. You're already ahead of the game. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We will come back with Mike McLeod from World Food Championships and MMA Creative right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Ah. <laughs> uh. MBGA from John Dawson. Remps, this KCBS crap clearly calls for the Make Barbecue Great Again campaign. I nominate you as the president's. Let's drain the KCBS swamp. Let's do it. I'm going to do it. It's going to be huge. I'm not going to do that, John, by the way. Just kidding. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue. Makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauce, grilling oils, all of Butcher's Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyards all over the country and world. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood, the king of your cul-de-sac, and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. All right. Joining me now. 
is the uh, president and CEO of MMA Creative. He is also the president and CEO of the World Food Championships, here to talk about their most recent announcement made at the end of last week, along with some other items. None other than Mike McLeod. Mike, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Mike. Appreciate you making time, as always, here for the show. Uh, Mike, let's go ahead. I mean, we, we got a number of different areas we're going to talk about here this evening, but uh, I wanted to lead with this. If if somebody is tuning in this evening for some kind of a KCBS bashing section, you're not tuning in to the right segment tonight. This past Friday, you announced that uh, on your World Food Championships Facebook page that Walmart is going to be jumping on board with WFC. And for the folks who missed it, can you give us kind of that high-level partnership and what it is going to include? Sure, and I, I appreciate your uh, perspective. You know, we, uh, we've been an 11-year official advocate for KCBS. We are um, very proud of what we've done for the society and, and the things that we've put in play over the years. And uh, while we are going in different directions right now, um, you know, my, my attention is focused on World Food Championships and the development of the biggest event in um, in food sport. And um, I, I appreciate, always appreciate your perspective and and the time to talk about that on your show. So thank you for that. Yep, you bet. Um, as, as it as it pertains to the announcement, we were um, for for about gosh, maybe six months to nine months now. We've been in um, development mode with Walmart on several fronts uh, with some uh, food champ demos and, and Super Saver Club um, beta testing. And they uh, they actually came to the World Food Championships this year to see it up close and personal. I'd, I'd been sharing with them, and they had been asking about uh, the biggest trends in competition food. And um, they wanted to see it. And, and once they saw it and were on site with their team, uh, they were practically um, blown away. And I remember one of them telling me words just and pictures just don't do it justice. So for those of you who, who haven't been to the World Food Championships, uh, I encourage you to come see us and, and see it up close and personal because we are seeing a lot of cutting-edge um, development uh, in food trends and uh, culinary trends and competition food and, and uh, integration of, of brands. So um, it, it clicked and it all worked great. And Walmart decided to, um, to get behind us and, and help us promote food sport even more by be- becoming our presenting sponsor for 2018. So that's what we announced uh, Friday. We've been working on that for a long time. And um, Friday was the, the first day that we could officially go public with it. So we, um, we did that, and, and then I think today um, there was a press release that went to the uh, Business Wire about it. So very exciting, uh, exciting to have the world's largest grocery retailer on our side and to be helping us promote um, the, the passion of everyone in food sport and, and what they're trying to accomplish. So um, good, good times. We're, we're really excited about 2018 and, and the years ahead. Mike, when you dig into that press release from last Friday uh, that you put up on the Facebook page, you read things like uh, new retail programs or potential new retail programs and and recipe development, and the top 10 cooks are going to be down in Bentonville in some really great commercial kitchen type of a scenario, all things that are 
kind of being made possible by this new partnership, Frank? I'm not sure how many game-changing moments we've had over the last six months, but there's been a lot of them. <laughs> um, and, and one of those was was our decision to move the final table to the spring. I, I remember discussing that with you and and talking about why we did that. And, and, and we didn't really even have the vision that Walmart would pick it up at that moment and, and showcase us in a, in a, a, a world-class culinary center like Brightwater in um, Bentonville. But we knew that separating our final table moment from uh, the main event was necessary to keep, to keep this entire platform going year-round. And now we get to show off um, 10 wonderful champions uh, to, to all the, the buyers and major executives of not only Walmart, but the, some of the biggest food brands in the world uh, in, a, in a private um, VIP-type environment. And it'll be streamed live so people get to see um, uh, who, who wins. Uh, but it, it, it's really a game-changer for us. It's a game-changer for the sport. And truly, truly excited about what that's going to, to do for World Food Championships, but also for everyone involved. You mentioned merchandising and recipes. We're, we're now partnered with uh, the most powerful company in the world uh, in our arena. And, and we've already uh, tried several things with them that are harbingers to what's going to happen next from – um, food champs getting opportunities to be paid and to to share recipes with Walmart customers, to recipe books, to um, bring your product idea to the to the World Food Championships and see if you can get get it on the shelves of Walmart. Those are things that are happening, and um, we'll, you will see a lot more information about in in the coming months. The final table will be in Bentonville April 21st, 22nd. You had mentioned that it's going to be streaming live for everybody to see. Do you have a streaming partner or a media partner in that regard that you can hip us in on? We do. We, we, do. Um, we, we did some beta testing this year at the, the main event with uh, Kitchen Ambush, and uh, it, it's a upstart, young, uh, passionate group of individuals who – uh, who are coming into this sport for the first time with a lot of technology um, uh, experience. And they did a fantastic job uh, producing about, uh, oh gosh, maybe 30 to 40 different vignettes and videos for us. And they did all of that live and uh, generated about 500,000 views for us um, in four or five days. So they're going to be there on site. Uh, we had an opportunity to do, it, do this with a TV network, but um, uh, it was a smaller network. And I basically opted out of it because we have um, a, a bigger network play coming that will be involved in the 2018 championship. And I wish I could tell you about it right now, but I can't. <laughs> uh, the biggest announcements are always talked about on this show and never revealed. That's all right. I, I know you'll come back <laughs> on and, and talk about it. I disagree with that. We, uh, You and I usually <laughs> get to talk about the big announcements first. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, Mike McLeod joining me here on the show. Uh, talking about the World Food Championships again, that final going to be taking place April 21st and 22nd. So, I mean, we've had a couple months in between when the finals happened, you get that top 10 table done. Aside from what you've talked about, how much communication do you guys have with those champions? What are they doing right now to to continue to prep? I mean, is it something where they're going to be actively working on this leading up to it kind of each and every day, each and every week, or will they take some time off away from it and then rally back in, you know, a month or two ahead of time to make sure they're ready to go. 
I think some of them are practicing every day uh, and already already doing things that that I can't imagine they would they would spend time on. But that's just the the excitement and the energy coming forth. Um, we are in talks with them. The first thing that we're doing is is we've been profiling them and, and pitching them to media in their local markets. And this is something we couldn't do before. Uh, it's one of the reasons that we moved the final table. Now we can we can actually talk about um, you know Craig Baker in Indianapolis. Um, uh, being um, uh, the burger champ, I think that's right, or maybe I forget which one it is, but I know he's one of the ten champions, and and we're getting articles on each one of these these uh, champions in their local respective markets. And the second thing that we'll be doing is we've got a, a private conference call set up for each one of the, for for them as a group. Um, I think in early February we do our our final site visit on Brightwater at the end of this month, so uh, we'll end up uh, scoping everything out. Uh, figuring the processes out that that we want to utilize, make sure everything's going to work well, and then we'll be sharing with them in a conference call in February, uh, three months, February, March, April, two months prior to the final table, so that they can earnestly practice and be prepared for what's going to happen. There will be no surprises. Uh, we don't believe in the whole mystery basket concept for, uh, uh, for for this final table moment. So we're going to share with them exactly what they need to know and um, help them get prepared. And then we're going to have a, a beautiful, wonderful VIP event for them Saturday night of that weekend. And Sunday, they're going to figure out who's the next world food champion. Mike, let me ask you specifically about payouts. There was a point in time when World Food Championship was, as I like to say, straight cash homie. And then at some point, it switched to cash and prizes, or uh, I guess what you would call a prize purse. Did you hear about from a negative sense, did you hear anything from the competitors this year saying, hey, it's not just cash, it's prize purse or anything like that? And when did the, the straight cash to prize purse make that switch? Yes, I did, I did hear some of, of that um, and um, was was kind of um, disappointed in that. But but I understand where they're, they're coming from. You know, we... We've been a leader in the industry from day one. We we put three hundred thousand dollars, or I don't think at the time it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars of cash up front, which was way way beyond what anybody else in this industry has ever done. Um, when you compare what people pay to enter this contest and what they can get out of it, um, we're like a three x multiple of the entire entry fee um, um, amount. So I don't know any other events that pay three x, uh, whether it's a prize package or or cash. So um, a couple of years ago, we actually started looking at the, the, um, th- this structure and realizing, you know, we've got a $300,000 mountain to climb every year, and that's, that's, a, that's a big mountain. And um, we started wondering, hey, how, do we, how do we deal with this? Can we turn it into a prize person? We experimented with that last year on, on the final table, I think it was, and, and it worked out pretty well. And then this year um, for 2017, um, we did it a little bit more, but we did it across the board. And, and one of our reasons for doing it, other than just trying to to pair um, the payout uh, appropriately to what people are paying to get in, is companies that wanted to be involved. We we used to turn companies away uh, that couldn't write a check. And during my sales tenure, I, I took over the sales of, of the World Food Championships about two years ago. Um, I decided that we were not going to say no to a company that wanted to participate, that wanted to contribute something, but there had to be rules for it. So we, some, some company would come to us and say, hey, I'd love to, to contribute something, um, 
I don't, I can't write you a check. Um, what can I do? And we would say, well, if you can give us 100 of your items, then, and, and if they're a minimum value of 100 bucks, then we can use that as part of our prize purse because we can hit, uh, we, we can uh, reward everyone in top 10. So this was the first year that we, we started doing more of that and it became more noticeable to the teams. Um, you know, bottom line, Greg, um, we want more companies to be involved to help us keep propelling this event. We still have in cash uh, a two X multiple of what our entry fees are. And I don't know how many other events that do that, but um, that's still pretty significant to give you an example of what this has meant. In 2015, we had 36 companies sponsoring world food championships in 2016. We had 65 companies, and then last year we had 88 companies. Now, that all looks good on a bar chart, but what that really did for World Food Championships is it created momentum, and it created more noise, and it created more involvement, and it created more excitement, and guess what? We ended up getting the attention and the partnership of Walmart in the process. So. I, I would venture to say that if, if we hadn't started welcoming companies that said, hey, I can bring a $1,500 mixer or, or $2,000 grill to the table and I will give it away to your champion. If we hadn't started doing stuff like that and making it part of the prize purse, we may not be sitting here mm. with the, the biggest relationship and the best opportunity that um, professional cooks have ever had in their lives. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show, talking about the World Food Championship. Still a couple other things to get to here in regards to new things that are happening in 2018. I did see on the website, too, that there were uh, either one or, or some type of, of a category change or an adjustment going forward this year. On the barbecue front? Um, well, there was a barbecue thing, but then I think you were taking out like the recipe category and adding something oh, yeah, else yeah, in yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, like, yeah, like I said before, we've made so many changes. It's it's, uh, it's hard to keep up with all of them. So, um, recipe has always been our beta test. Uh, we we did cheese one year, and um, we brought bacon in through recipe, and then we brought chicken into recipe this year. And chicken went over phenomenally well, so well that the sponsor said, "I don't want to leave. Can you create a new category?" And um, we just decided to create chicken as a category. Um, and what that means, you know, I didn't want to create more than 10, uh, categories because we added chef this year as, as a final table, um, co- contestant too. So, um, we had to get rid of one category, at least put it on the shelf temporarily. And, um, now we'll have chicken as a major category and we'll have uh, chef and, and, um, we'll see how that, how that goes this year. Chef will now become our beta test. We, Chefs are so good at what they do. We can throw anything at them, and they'll, they'll whip up something great. So um, we're we're excited about the switch. I think earlier today or in the afternoon, the 2018 barbecue qualification readjustment was announced as well. Basically, you're going to need to have won some type of a sanctioned barbecue contest in order to to gain way into the World Food Championships. If I read that correctly. That's correct. Uh, we're going back to the Tournament of Champions um, last couple of years so that we could be KCS sanctioned so that teams could get points um, for the team of the year. Um, we had to allow X amount of spots to be open. And um, obviously, there's been some news on the team of the year um, front. Um, and 
And I've noticed over the last couple of years that really the leaders uh, that are vying out for the champion don't necessarily come to the World Food Championships at the end of the year. It's almost decided. So I've just decided that that using that as the process is not the right process for us going forward. Um, we may still be a competitor series type sanctioned event for, through KCBS. We still haven't made the decision yet on, on how we're going to, to run the barbecue competition. If we're going to have a Memphis and May day or Memphis barbecue network day, and then a IVCA day and then a KCBS day or, and then an FBA or something else day. Uh, but our goal is twofold. One is, is to make sure that everyone there has earned their way there. Um, which makes it a great field. And then um, number two, that they have plenty of activity and plenty of challenges uh, once they're there. It's not just a, a one competition and done strategy. It is you, you come to the World Food Championships, it's food week, we're celebrating, we're partying, and we're competing all week long. And that's um, th- this is just an, yet another step in that direction uh, on the barbecue front. Mike, one last question here before we go to the break. Uh, if I could hold you over into the to the second segment as well, so we can kind of finish up, sure. that would be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are food sport partnership agreements? There's a lot of new things that I'm seeing. You know, state partnerships, elite qualifiers, yeah, things yeah. like this. But what are uh, yeah. food sport partnerships? Great question. So, you know, we've been dealing with qualifiers that have numbered somewhere between 700 and a thousand over the last several years to get that 300, 400, 500 team count uh, at the championship. And quite frankly, we just got to, uh, we got to whittle it down. Um, we, we've got to get that in a more manageable situation. So what we've decided to do is to take everything we know about food sport, whether it's a, a food champ class, a, a food chef fight, <clears throat> or a, um, a super regional championship, that would lead into the World Food Championship. Everything we know and have learned about um, food competitions, we're now going to make that as uh, IQ that that a partner in a particular state can uh, can buy into, and then they can control the golden tickets in a particular state. So, um, eventually, long term, I'd love to see us have 50 partners, and they determine based on who in Wyoming, uh, what events in Wyoming are going on. Uh, that are worthy of a golden ticket, they determine that. I'm trying to push it down to the states, almost like the national government, where um, instead of a federal demand, it's a state demand, right? So we're starting the process of bringing on state partners. We've got five already. We've got interest in about five or six more. And soon you'll learn more about that as we release the data on, A, who they are, and B, what does it mean to the to the qualifying process? Mike McLeod joining me here on the show talking about uh, all the new stuff going on at World Food Championships this upcoming year. Uh, Mike, can I hold you over for one segment here? Happy to. All right. Stand by. We'll have more with Mike McLeod in just one second. I'm going to talk to you quickly about Big Pop Smokers, the number one online shop for all your barbecue and grilling needs. The curated selection of the outdoor cooking utensils and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue with results. In no time, everything at BigPopSmokers.com. Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills and smokers, Big Pop Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Also, they're known for the championship rubs and seasonings. Popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow. All proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. They offer 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary 
Whether you're cooking to impress the judges or grilling for your family, Big Papa Smoker's award-winning rubs and seasonings just don't disappoint. If you're also looking to improve the flavor of the competition barbecue, don't forget they've teamed up with Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what is now known as the West Coast Offense. Everybody knows about that. Big Papa Smoker is also the proud owner of Granny's Barbecue Sauce. It's award-winning. You look for a new go-to barbecue sauce that pleases everybody. Granny's traditional, yet powerful flavors remind us why we fell in barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers offers the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, look no further than the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers is the exclusive Mac dealer and even offers special packages. If you're not a fan of the pellet poopers, no big deal. Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on a competition trailer. And if you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast like me looking for a durable and versatile grill that lasts forever, the M Grill from Texas might be just what you need. They're built like tanks. If you're not sure of what grill you need, you can't go wrong with the grills and smokers featured at BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook and every kind of budget. It's clear that this is the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on the website, hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Call them at 877-828-0727 or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. All right, we are back with Mike McLeod in 13 seconds. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or Google Assistant, you're in luck. Fireboard, fully integrated and compatible with both of those. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com. That's fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232 today. All right, Mike, appreciate you hanging with me through the break there. Um, yes, sir. The other thing that I wanted to ask you about was uh, elite qualifiers, different than, like, state partnerships and stuff? Yeah, our elite qualifiers are, are basically individual events or promoters who um, are paying the way somehow, some way for a team. So they, they, um, they can – purchase a golden ticket and the entry fee and then reward that to the championship uh, or the champion of their event so that the team doesn't have to pay the the $300 entry fee. So anyone that does something like that falls into our elite category. And it's usually, um, it's not protected by geography. Um, So it wouldn't necessarily be a state partner. It would just be someone who says, hey, I've got a barbecue event in Nashville, Tennessee, and and, uh, I want to make sure that my champion shows up. So I'm going to give them a thousand dollar stipend for traveling and and I'm going to pay for their entry fee. So we put, we treat them uh, better than just automatic qualifiers and give them a little bit more love. And you'll see a whole list of them released uh, tomorrow. That, that I think is tomorrow's news. Like you said last year, uh, whether it was first quarter kind of leading into the summer that this 2017 was going to be the year that really defined world food championships. And it was going to be a, a turning point, if you will, in, in a good way and really 
raising the level and the expectation of where everything was going to be for you. And it seems out of the gate at 2018 with these new partnership agreements and, and state agreements and elite qualifiers and all these other things that you're really trying to uh, grow in a, in a fantastic way in all areas to extend that World Food Championship reach. Would you say that 2018 is going to try and one-up the, the growth and, and where you took it in 2017? Yes. In fact, I was just uh, explaining this to one of our um, uh, partners the other day. You know, 2017 was a tipping point for us. Um, it, it, there was never, there was no longer the question of, of gosh, is it going to happen, or you know, uh, um, you know, where is it going to be, et cetera. It was more about I can't wait to get there. And and if you've uh, you've got to come see this, Greg, at some point, um, we've we've reached this point of almost homecoming status with teams that come to the World Food Championship. So I'm very proud of that. Uh, but we did create some major milestones. We separated the final table. We brought on a major uh, global partner. Um, and it was, it was in, from a media standpoint, we got more media coverage this year than we've ever had before. So we had our tipping point. And 2018 is going to be our breakout year. You're, you're going to see us in places in 2018 that you never – I would have never imagined. Um, and – it, it's just it couldn't be brighter and it couldn't be more exciting. Um, every day I, I can't wait to put my feet on the ground. Um, one to um, um, see my uh, newborn son and, uh, and and know why I'm doing what I'm doing, and then and then two uh, to get out there and continue promoting World Food Championships and food sport and bring on new partners day in and day out, week in week out. So. Uh, 2018 is going to be a great year. And by the way, congratulations on the new Master McLeod. How's that treating you? <laughs> Thank you. What's uh, what's being a dad uh, like? Well, it, it's um, like everyone says, it's different. Um, it, it, it's you know, the whole world has kind of shifted <laughs> <laughs> away from me to him, and uh, every break I get, every chance I get. Um, that I don't have to be on the phone or have to be in an email. I've got my head buried in him, and and uh, it, it, you know, he's already given me a lot of great ideas. I think I think this year barbecue is gonna we're gonna have a baby barbecue challenge we're going to do some kind of baby formula challenge somewhere somehow so you know stay tuned i i haven't i haven't quite uh figured that out yet but that somehow some way that's going to happen it's gonna be cool mike friday this past you you make the walmart announcement a couple days prior to that uh, you have uh, quite a revelation from sam's club closing 63 locations uh, at varying points across the country i think a lot of people were uh, quick to point uh, because a couple of days prior to that, KCBS had kind of made a formal announcement on their website that there wasn't going to be any 2018 National Pro Barbecue Tour. And then the, the store's closing announcement comes out and everybody's like, well, this must be why we're not doing the Sam's Club thing this year. I want to play this sound bite for you and then I'm going to have a, a quick follow-up question. This was you August 29th of 2017. Take a listen to this. Well, first of all, I see the National Pro Barbecue Tour will be coming back in 2018 and we will be managing that tour we've built a great relationship uh, with sam's club and that tour by far had one of the most profound impacts on the barbecue industry sam's club knows that uh, kcbs knows that i know that so given the fact that we are intimately involved with them we 
created the tournament. We operate it and we work with great people like Michael McDermott and, and uh, contest reps to, to make sure that it's run properly. Given that we're the nucleus to that whole thing, it, it doesn't make sense at all that that would change going into 18 or beyond. Right now, the visibility is good. We are 100% certain that a tour is going to be put back in play for 2018. And currently, I'm working on that right now. From your perspective, Mike, from August 29th until last Monday, what the hell happened? You, you seemed pretty confident that not only was it going to happen in 2018, but years beyond. Greg, it was going to happen. What what happened is, uh, what date was that, August 29th? Yes. Yeah, I, the difference between August 29th and November the 9th, uh, I can I can remember the day vividly. Is that I was in 100% control of the of the negotiations, and um, uh, between September 15ish to the championship at Sam's to uh, uh, World Food Championships, one of the days that I'm at World Food Championships, that all changed. Um, there was. There was some disappointing movement behind the scenes, and um, I wasn't um, I wasn't able to control the negotiations uh, that were going on, um, both on the the Sam's house and the Walmart house, and it fell apart. It basically fell apart. So um, I, I I don't want to go into a whole lot more detail on that because um, it would certainly get um, get us into to a, a conversation that that we we led this this segment or this this show with that we weren't going to do, but um, I I can tell you as a salesman, as a as a negotiator, if you don't have a hundred percent control of the negotiation, if someone else is working behind the scenes behind you and saying something other than what you're saying, then you're you're bound to fail. And anybody who's been in sales, anybody who's worked major deals, especially multi-million dollar deals, um, knows that's a fact. And, and that's what happened. And I, there's a lot, of, a lot of questions I still have um, as to who all was involved in that, why did they get involved in that when they knew that I was in charge of the situation, uh, had a good firm grip on the situation, had updated the board on on options and, and uh, viability, um, there, there just happened to be a, an individual or two who, who thought they were, I guess, more e- equipped or capable than I, and uh, that they needed to, to, um, to get into the mix, and now you know what the result is. I mean, it seems if you've been putting it together for the previous six years, seven years, that it doesn't seem like it would make logical business sense for somebody to start sticking their spoons in the pot on that oven. But I guess 2020 there's being hindsight, single, go ahead. There's not a, there's not a single board member uh, at KTBS that was even on the board. When I first walked into Sam's club with, um, gosh, I'm going blank on his name, but he's, he's a, he's a great team and our hog tied Drew McNatt. I, I had Drew McNatt create the very first competition barbecue ribs and brisket for executives 
at Sam's Club back in 2010. There's not a single board member that, that was on the 2017 board that was even around when that occurred. Maybe, maybe Wayne Loman. I may be wrong on that. And, of course, Carolyn Wells. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I was there from the beginning and and shared the vision, sold the concept, took it to market, delivered it. At my company delivered it year after year after year with Michael McDearman as our as our uh, tour director. And that was a well-honed, well-oiled machine. And some leadership changed at Sam's, which often does. Um, but we had options for that. And, you know, some of some other people who thought they were needed in the process got involved in the process, and the process went um, went in a direction none of us wanted it to go. Having it's it as simple as that. Having it go so well in 2017 from really right at the beginning, I mean, what was the biggest pain in the ass? And the first thing that I had to ask you about each and every year was, oh, why did the servers crash and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that seemed to be the biggest pain in the butt as you look through that whole extensive season year after year and last year everything was ironed out and all of a sudden it's evaporated and, and gone in 2018 when it seemed like everything was now hitting on all cylinders and looking forward plus it was widely considered to be now a, a major with the likes of an American Royal and a Jack and uh, Sam's Club was was right there a National Pro Barbecue Tour was now being lumped into that with all those great barbecue competitions uh, I mean obviously it, there has to be pain for you to see something that you've worked on just get erased pretty rapidly. Uh, pain's probably not the right word, uh, but it's close. And, um, you know, we, we put our heart and soul into that. And so did KCBS um, in, in many ways. And, and teams adopted it and teams yep. propelled it. And it was, it was in my opinion, uh, the best thing to date that has occurred to barbecue um, as long as I've been paying attention to barbecue. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's hugely disappointing um, to be where we are right now. You know, we're not worrying about registration going awry right now because it ain't happening. And um, that's a, that was, that's just a sad comment. And, you know, and hopefully one day we'll find a way to revive it um, in some form or fashion. But um Right now, I'm I'm focusing on things that I can control, and um, and and trying to let go of things that I can't control, and that's that's the only way that you can keep your sanity when it comes to dealing with things like this. Um, it, it's like it's like politics. I mean, you you if you watch if you're a conservative and you watch CNN, you you bang your head against the wall and you you can't get you can't sleep at night, and vice versa if you. You know, if you're a liberal and you watch Fox, you just get mad as hell. Um, yeah, I, I've just I've learned to let go of things that I just cannot control. And and when that one got out of our control, I had to had to step back. And um, I had a good friend, a good friend from um, in Bentonville who was aware of the situation and and uh, helped us start this thing years ago. And and uh, he gave me some great advice. He said, Mike, you just got to. You just got to step back and let it be let what it's going to be. And um, he was right. I just had to had to back up. And to be clear, 
because I think it's easily to lump Walmart in as being like that overall decision maker of, of uh, both Walmart for sure. And then Sam's club as well. Uh, these would be two independent decision-making parties, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And we, there, even though uh, Walmart owns Sam's, they have their own marketing divisions. They have their own leadership divisions. They have their own mandates. They have their own business plans. Um, and, the, the one had nothing to do with the other, and neither did the closing of the stores, the, the Sam's Club stores. Uh, a year ago, year and a half ago, we went through that in a major layoff. Uh, Sam's uh, had some serious layoffs a couple years ago and then a year ago, and the, the rumor was, oh, gosh, now they're not going to renew the Sam's Club tour, but they did. It was always a great platform, always returned great uh, results to them. So, um, you know, this – this just got convoluted, and in my opinion, and and it just um, it ended up at a point where it's too late to activate it because these things, even if Sam's or let's take a take a Costco, even if Costco or um, a Kroger wanted to do a tour right now for 2018, here's here are the two key facts. Number one, they need suppliers to help them do this, whether it's a Procter & Gamble or a Clorox or whomever. Uh, and number two, all of those companies have already spent their budgets mm-hmm. for this year, or they've already allocated their budgets. So this always had to be done in the fourth quarter of the previous year to get the next year um, tour up and running so that we could even have registrations in January. Uh, so it's it's too late. I mean, we're what whatever is done, I'm, I mean, Sam's may still invest some money in barbecue in some way. And I, I hear that there is still some conversation going on at the KCBS level and Sam's. I, I'm not privy to that anymore, so I can't speak to it. But um, whatever they do, it's going to be smaller and it's going to be different because they're already into 2018 and nothing that I'm aware of shows that they, there's even a game plan. So, um, I think we'll we'll see a big miss in 2018, and then hopefully in 2019, um, someone can come back with a strong game plan that brings back one of the best tournaments that ever existed. Mike, is, is there a is there an ownership of the National Pro Barbecue Tour or the concept? Does KCB own that? Do you own that? I, I know I don't own it, and I wish I did. But is there an ownership of that? It, it's gray area. Um, you know, we, as the activation firm, we were we're the who had a contract. Um, KCBS, it was outside of KCBS's charter to do it, and that's why we ended up uh, pitching it, managing it, operating it every year. And uh, so in some respects, everything that we created, um, the contract that I have with KCBS always said that, that uh, copyrights are, are shared or inured to, um, uh, to KCBS. Well, I have a partial copyright. In, in the National Pro Barbecue Tour, uh, just as KCBS does. So, because we, we designed it, we created it. Uh, can KCBS use it? Yeah. Uh, but there's there's partial ownership there because we helped create it. Uh, so, at, at some point, I, when, when we get finished, I think, cleaning house with KCBS, which is the process that we're in right now, um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll Cooler heads will prevail, and we'll come back to the table, and hopefully the new board's part of that strategy. Um, 
and you know we hopefully we can chart a course that together we can still um put together a program that 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 makes sense and um and and we hope to be a part of that so i hope that answers your question Absolutely. It's uh, Mike McLeod. He is the president and CEO of MMA Creative, also the president and CEO of the World Food Championships, breaking it all down for us here this evening. Mike, really appreciate the time, the candor, and uh, as always, continued success in everything you got your hands in. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate everything that you've done and continue to do for the industry. You got it. There he is, Mike McLeod. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. What happened? Oh, like you know, Mike's very savvy. Uh, I think he has come to understand my interview style. I'm sure he figured that that was probably gonna. Uh, I, I know he remembers probably saying that in an interview that Sam's Club is cool, no problem. It'll be back. We're good. <laughs> um, no, we're not good. So I had to run it back and, and see what happened. And according to Mike, people got their, there were too many cooks in the kitchen for whatever reason. Now, just to be fair, yet again, I would say if anybody on the board at KCBS who may or may not have had their hands in this, that feels like they should have done that, wants to come on and talk about their side of it, please, I'm happy to have you. And again, it's it will not be Jerry Springer. I will provide you the opportunity to talk about what your thought press, what your thought process was on your side. Mike has no problem coming on and giving his side. Whether you agree with it or not, He has never ducked an interview. He has never given me a very generic blanket statement that says nothing. He answers the bell each and every time. KCBS, more the opposite of that. Sometimes I do get pretty generic written emails, but never an interview. Especially over the last year or two. So... Draw your own conclusions there if you'd like. All right. Uh, I don't have any more reads at the moment, so let me run through this real quick. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today. Greg Rimpy. All right. Thank you very much. Diane Mee weighing in on Facebook. What's interesting is that the financial report is made at the board of directors meeting, mentioned in the minutes, but the report not attached to the minutes for anyone to actually read. Hmm. That one talking about the uh, financials. Doug Scheiding weighing in. It was probably good when... He was or thought he was in charge. <laughs> Eric Christensen saying you can get KCBS financials online as well. I haven't scoured KCBS for that, but uh, if you say so, Eric, I believe you. I have no reason to not believe you. And let's go ahead and wrap it up all the way back in the first hour. Stephen Reichland, Barbecue Hall of Famer, talking about a myriad of topics. Then we talked with Brett Galloway from State Cook-Off Association. Got one coming up in Plano, Texas this week. 
They've also partnered with the World Food Championships to provide sanctioning for the first two days of qualifying. And then the top 10 will use the EAT methodology to get a stake winner overall. Second hour, Mike McLeod, MMA Creative World Food Championships, talking about the new additions to the World Food Championships. And then at the end, talking about what the hell happened with Sam's Club? Because he said it was going to come back in August, but things have changed since then. Big show planned for you next Tuesday, of course, so stay tuned for that. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Marley Rempe, and you're listening to Barbecue Central.